Contemporary People. It is MMA by Milliken. I am back. I am back. Episode 11 of Season 3. Yeah, I didn't take listener questions this week because I didn't think I would be able to do an episode. Um, but here I am. Here I am. You can always submit listener questions at any time via Anchor. Don't forget, it's MMA by Milliken at gmail.com. You can reach me there. Uh, you can you can submit audio questions. You can submit a file, audio file, as long as it's not over 20 megabits long. You can submit a file there via email. And don't forget, you can hit me up in the DMs. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, anytime. You don't have to wait for me to make an announcement. Uh, but yeah, my man Catfish will be joining me again today. UFC 273 is upon us. Let's get into it. Hey, yo. MMA by Milliken. It's the MMA Catfish. Hey, man, I hate to say it, but on the upcoming fight card, I have to agree with Sirius that I don't see Tisha Torres winning. And it doesn't make me happy to say that. I love the Tiny Tornado. She's fucking awesome. I love her spirit, personality that we see online. You know, the best I can know about her as a person. I love her work ethic. She clearly fucking works her ass off. And she is a fucking dime piece, man. She is so pretty. Uh, And I would say that if you were just to rate them as fighters, she is overall a better fighter than Dern. But I do think that Dern can overwhelm her with her size and her ground game. And that unfortunately, Tisha does not have one-shot knockout power that is needed to defeat her, and eventually she will fall to Dern's ground game. What do you think? I'm out. FMP for life. That, of course, is my main man at MMA Catfish. His podcast is Catfishing with Tat Daddy. Yeah, check him out. Plus, his only fans. Yeah, I wasn't taking uh, listening questions. I, I, well, I didn't put out, uh, you know, the post to take uh, listening questions. I didn't think I would be able to do an episode this week, but I'm happy that you submitted a question as always. Thank you for blessing my tiny little podcast, sir. Mackenzie Dern, the hotness that is strawweight division. Mackenzie Dern to see a Torres. We got Kay Hansen on here. We got Pieta Rodriguez on here. Yes, indeed, people. It's a beautiful thing. Now, Mackenzie Dern, currently the slight favorite, according to Bet Online, sitting at a minus 117. Torres. At a minus 106. Number five versus number seven. Most submission wins in UFC strawweight division for Mackenzie Dern. ADCC, two-time gold medalist, two-time no-gi gold medalist. I mean, the list goes on when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Of course, he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Wellington Megaton Diaz. Out of Phoenix, Arizona. Legacy, LFA, both women out of a... Are a Invicta FC alumni, Tiny Tornado, ranked at number seven. ABC amateur strawweight champion, former that is former USFFC amateur strawweight champion, former MMA Solutions Global amateur strawweight champion. Five foot one, five foot four, sixty-three inch reach for McKenzie Dern. 60.5 inch reach for Torres, who's a black belt in karate. Yun Ri Taekwondo as a blue belt. Never been in, G- in BJJ. Never been finished. Taurus has never been finished. So, you know, Vegas is a little apprehensive. Betters are a little bit apprehensive about this fight. 
uh, because both women struggle in their respective divisions. I mean, it's straw weight, so everyone's going to struggle sooner or later. Now, Dern did have some, does have quality victories over Nina Nunez, Vina Genzaroba, uh, but that's about it. <laughs> no offense to Randa Marcos, Hannah Cyphers, those aren't quality wins. When she did go up against elites in the division, ranked elites, Manuel Boss, Marina Rodriguez, she lost. To Cia Torres, similar situation in that, although, oh, of course, Torres is out of team. Alpha male, as far as I know, she's still there. Uh, Torres currently on a three-fight win streak. The problem, of course, is the only ranked fighter who she defeated during that streak was Angela Hill, someone she had faced and defeated before, who is lower ranked, by the way. When she did face ranked opponents, she lost. Now, look who she faced. Andrade, Yuana Young Jacek, Jean Wei Lee. First of all, I give Torres a lot of credit. Because I believe that a lot of women in that division ducked Wei Lee, ducked Magnum. Torres took the fight, no issues. She was ranked at number six at the time. That's how Wei Lee became sixth ranked in that division. And then she went on to face Andrade for the title. And of course, Marina Rodriguez. Both women fought her and lost. So yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a very interesting situation. Will they maintain their spots in the rankings or will Torres possibly or will they possibly switch places? I think I got Torres, I think Torres should whip Mackenzie Dern's ass, actually. Torres already went up against a dance. First of all, Torres went up against the most. Mackenzie Dern, yeah, her jiu-jitsu is, I mean, what can you say? She's a world champion. However, she's not the most dangerous grappler in that division. It is Jessica Andrade, who is moving back down to face off against Amanda Lemos next week. And Torres, she went at it. I mean, when you bang with Andrade, you got to be tough as hell. To bang with Andrade, first of all. People talk about, oh, she didn't have the striking, all this kind of stuff. Getting hit by Andrade must feel like getting hit with a baseball bat. All I've ever heard is how her her power is like none other. And look at the devastation that she's caused in two divisions. People just look at her losing to Valentina, but don't look at the way that she folded over Chukagan like it was a lawn chair. Like she was a lawn chair. So, yeah, I just think that, and it's not fight, man. This is my fight, man. But Torres is going up against dangerous grapplers. Forskova going up against the most dangerous grappler. And the thing about that fight in the first two rounds, Andrade, as strong as she is, as powerful as she is, she could not hold Torres down for a long period of time. So I don't see how Dern is going to be able to do that. I think that the keys to victory for Dern is to secure that submission, do something slick in a, a, Nari, a, a Mario roll or something. Do something slick, go after those ankles. Maybe that will work. But other than that, if she shoots in just raw, like she was doing, like she has a tendency to do, nah, she's going to, first of all, she's going to have a hard time getting Torres down. I think Torres is going to utilize the same plan as she had versus Andrade. Where Andrade, she had to avoid getting hit with the strikes and avoid the takedown. Now, she is hard for her to do is hard for her to do that because Andrade, once she gets her hands around you, that's pretty much it. But I believe she's going to utilize the same technique. And, and Torres, and, Dern can't pressure someone with strikes. Even though Andrade was criticized for her striking prowess, no one hits as hard as she does. So Torres had to avoid powerful strikes. No one delivers significant strikes like Andrade in three divisions, not just two, three divisions, other than, of course, Nunes. But even with Nunes, I just think that even Andrade, I think her power matches that of Nunes. Like, it's... you know what I mean? So for her to, and again, Torres has never been finished. She's tough as hell. So yeah, I just think that if 
you know, Dern, her striking isn't together. She has to get her strike together. But I think that Torres is going to piece Dern up. I think she's going to avoid the takedowns. She may power out of them. And, yeah, and piece Dern up. We'll see. We'll see. The favorite will probably get the victory, as many believe that she will. But, yeah, I got Torres whipping uh, Mackenzie Dern's ass. Thank you so much for stopping through, brother. It is always a pleasure. All right, let's do this. UFC 273 suspect picks, man. Suspect picks. All right, we got Julio Arce, Golden Gloves champ, former King of Combat, Bantamweight, and Featherweight champion. Hasn't fought since 2019 when he lost to Hakeem Dewandu at UFC 244. Contender Series 5 winner, 3 and 2 in his last, in, his, in the UFC since. Lost twice to Brian Kelleher at ROC before. Going to CFFC. And RSA will be coming in as the minus 177 favorite in this matchup over Daniel Santos, who is uh, AC, formerly of ACA, future FC, Brave FC, and now currently in the UFC, 27 years old, out of Brazil, Chuto Boxing, Diego Lima. Is his team five foot seven? Last victory was 2019 when he defeated Nazambek Janu Nuzov by armbar at Brave FC 32. Five finishes via strikes, two by submission, three wins by decision. Willie out is the Plus 152 underdog. I'm going with the plus 152 underdog in this matchup here. Now we got the ladies of straw weight. We have Beata Rodriguez, formerly of USS, UCC, AFL, LFA, of course, now in the UFC, former LFA straw weight champion, Venezuelan. Now she's listed as five foot three. I think she's a little bit taller than five foot three, but we'll see. You know, sixty-three point five inch reach, twenty-nine years old. Five finishes via strikes, two wins by decision. Won the LFA title in a war versus Slutlana Gutsike at LFA one hundred five. Who that same young lady had fought Jean Wei Lee. I remember that fight vividly. Well, I remember all of Wei Lee's fights. They were just so exciting. Uh, and of course, K, everyone knows Kay Hansen, formerly of Invicta. Came in over. Came in over. 118.5. And weight issues like that, someone who, because of her build and everything, like I know that's not a big, that's, that's not the, that's not something to be focused on. But the thing is, if, you know, five foot three, I mean, it's, it's really should be able to hit 115 at that height. People say that Michelle Waterson's too small. Guess what? Five foot three. Angela Hill, five foot three. Like, it's, it's, no, there's something going on with Kay Hansen. And when I see weight issues like that, lack of focus, I mean, I, I was going to go with, uh, Rodriguez anyway, because, I mean, she's just only a slight favorite, 125. Betting isn't, um, Kay Hansen now is at a plus 105. They were kind of dead even, but I think some changes come in, rightfully so, after that 
probably after the weight issues. Um, very Kay Hansen's a very talented purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, but yeah, I just think that the problem is when you're when you're that one-dimensional, when you're truly kind of on the one-dimensional side, it hurts you after a while. You know that that was the thing about uh, like Ronda Rousey. It's like yeah, she did the striking and she beat up Beth Goya, but at the end of the day, she was a grappler. And not only that, a, a judo. You know that's her proficient. She's proficient at judo. The thing is, you get exposed sooner or later. But if that's truly the only thing that you're really doing, you're going to get exposed. And that's why I want her to me is that she just got exposed. And KS and same thing. You know, okay, if she can't get her opponent to the ground, then what's she going to do? Nothing but stand there and get pieced up. Going with the favorite in that matchup there. Wow. The old timer. How old is this? Well, <laughs> Alexei Olenek, who seems like he's been in the been in MMA since it, it was created. The boa constrictor. That's still, that's still one of the core names going. Formerly a Bellator, I mean, M1 Global, I mean, he's been everywhere. Take me another hour to list all the promotions that he's been to. Move down one in the rankings to number eight as of March two, uh, 22nd. 44 years old is the Ukrainian. Six foot two, 80 inch reach. Black belt, obviously, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Began his career November 10th, 1996. My God, this man, there are fighters right now. Matter of fact, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, so Kay Hansen was born in 1999. So three, <laughs> she was born three years after this man started his career. Goodness gracious. Whew. Now, of course, was at the uh, Minamoto Cup. Ukraine Open, no hands, no holes barred. Championship, 46 finishes via submission, 8 by strikes. Yeah, you already know I got, you know, I don't pick geezers, sorry. He's a plus 108 underdog, but I can certainly, but watch if you do, if you're thinking about it. Wouldn't be a bad underdog pick. I mean, it's only, he's only, like I said, plus 108, not a whole lot of money there. Vendorea, I keep saying that's Vendera, Vendera, minus 128, not a lot of money there, but if you were going to put some money on underdog in this one, I wouldn't blame you, I wouldn't blame you, but also keep in mind that Vendorea is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so he might be able to, you know, again, there are levels to this, uh, like, all Nick is like, what, fifth degree, fourth degree, something crazy like that, no, he's a black, well, he's listed as a black belt, but I think he's a degree up that does matter plus the experience but 44 years old I don't think he's going to have the energy really to do anything that this young man hasn't seen already now Vendera former smash global heavyweight champion EFC heavyweight champion 29 years old out of Richmond Washington six foot four 80 inch reach as well uh, he's actually and he's a black belt under Joe Stevenson I don't know if a lot of people remember Joe Stevenson, who is uh, the first Ultimate Fighter tournament winner in the welterweight division. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So seven finishes via strikes, three by submission, two fight losing streak. Both men are on a losing streak, unfortunately. 
uh, two and three in his last five, one and three after uh, his Contender Series debut. Uh, that was Contender Series 34 victory for Jarrett, who is the, as I said, uh, minus 128, going with the favorite in that matchup as well. And, of course, though, uh, real quick, um, you know, that, uh, Oleski, Olenek had to, uh, you know, it's a different opponent for him. was uh, Ilya Latifi, which was supposed to have taken place at UFC Fight Night 205. A lot of fight cancellations on this card. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, this, th this was, um, I'll go through, I'll go over that uh, at the uh, end. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, it was a lot of fight, like, Fight changes and cancellations on this card. It was barely holding together. Thank God the main card is intact. All right, so we got Mickey Gall, formerly of Dead Serious MMA, went straight into the UFC. After that, I think it was one fight there, and then he went straight into the UFC. So he's been there a long time. Uh, out of Green Book, New Jersey, six foot two, seventy-four inch reach, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, spent his entire pro career in the well, like I said, spent pretty much his career in the UFC, other than that one promotion where he got to start. He debuted February 6, 2016. Six finishes via strikes. Six finishes via submission. There are no, he didn't finish anybody via strikes. One win by decision. Coming off loss to Alex Morono. And he will be the plus 151 underdog in this matchup here. Mike Malott. Bellator, CFFC, now the UFC, UFC, con UFC series contract, oh, my God, UFC contender series, Dana White's contender series contract winner who defeated his opponent in 39 seconds via alpha male guillotine. Some, some Trotsky. Yeah, there we go. And, uh, 30 years old, out of Watertown, Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. Six foot, well, pretty much virtually identical when it comes to height and reach. Of course, out of Team Alpha Male, four and one in this last five, seven, one and one overall, 100% finishing rate, people. So, yeah, I'm going with the favorite there. I mean, again, you know, with the jujitsu. It's defensive, not offensive. You have to truly add in the wrestling, but to me, you you got to lead with the strikes. And if you can't effectively lead with strikes to the point where you turn your opponent into a grappler, I really don't see how you can continuously win just using jujitsu alone. Honestly, um, it didn't work for Damian Maya. Eventually, he you know look what happened to him, and then and then you end up running into another you know black belt. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no. But we'll see. I mean, Mickey Gall, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a fan, you know, but, but he, he, he's been, he hasn't been a, a bad underdog pick, you know, depending on who he's going up against, you know, um, Mike Mallant, I don't, I'm not really clear on his jujitsu uh, skills, but he does have submission victories along with strikes. So, yeah, you know, and then look what, look what he did. <laughs> Look how he got into the UFC. So yeah, I think uh 
he's not someone that Mickey's going to want to go to ground in, but he is a black belt, you know, so we'll see. Aspen Lad, speaking of grapplers, Aspen Lad came in, looked fantastic. Both, I was concerned with both women, not just Aspen Lad. I know Aspen Lad historically has had issues with the scale, has not been her friend, but Raquel Pennington has had issues in the past before, as to the point where I thought she was a straight up 145. So we have ranked opponents here. Now, Aspen Lad, I still don't know why the hell she's ranked at number four. When it, once you, I mean, the Norma Dumont situation, I, I understand it. You know, to me, if you want to put her in the bantamweight rankings, put her above Aspen Lad since she defeated her. However, Norma Dumont historically has only made, I think, she only, I think she only made bantamweight one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Her next, she has a nice fight, uh, fight coming up versus Macy Jazon. And that is going to be at 145, because neither woman can make one of 35s. But yeah, both women here, Raquel and Rocky and Aspen Lab, both look fantastic on the scale. They look healthy. Pennington actually came in at championship weight, 134.5. Impressive. Aspen at 136. Congratulations, finally, to both women. 33 years old, Pennington is. I mean, she's been in the game a long time out of Colorado uh, Springs. Fantastic performance versus Piani, Kianzat, and of course versus Macy Chazon. That fight ended up at 145, and a fantastic performance there. Uh, she's been doing good so far. Uh, Hesman's been struggling, coming off that loss to Norma Dumont. Other than that, six finishes via strikes, one by submission, three and two in her last five, four and two in the UFC so far. And Right now, currently, Aspen Ladd has been, she's been the underdog from the door for this one. You know, numbers change, but she's the underdog from the jump. Right now, currently, I'm going by Bet Online. And, of course, you know, I, I love me some Bet Rivers, Rivers Casino. Plus 155, underdog for Ladd. Raquel Pellington is the minus 180. I think that, you know, again, you know, she, Aspen isn't, it's like the Norma DeMont fight. To me, that was just Aspen fighting herself, basically. Norma's very similar. She does a lot of similar things. So that's what, you know, I'm like, you need a plan. <laughs> In this one, she's going up against a seasoned vet who's, who's strong as hell. See, that's the problem here. You know, Pennington is strong as hell. Her hands are no joke. <laughs> she, remember, Pennington, she pieced up Holly Holm. Yes. Watch that fight, that first fight over again. Why was Holly Holm clinching the entire fight in their rematch? Because she wasn't trying to get touched. That's the thing. You got to understand, Holly Holm ain't used to it. She's a, you know, championship boxer. She ain't used to getting clipped in no MMA match. She got clipped by uh, Rocky. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I expect uh, Rocky to come in and beat uh, Aspen Lad's ass. All right, we got Anthony Hernandez, minus 190 favorite versus Joshua Fremd, Fremd who's uh, currently sitting at a plus 165. Looks like some money. The numbers are changing for those two. Of course, Mr. Hernandez, formerly of GKO, and he is the former LFA middleweight champion, moved down to uh, moved down one to number 10 in the rankings. Yeah, uh, he's only six feet tall, 75 inch reach, orthodox, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, who submitted 
who's known for submitting ADC gold medalist and black belt Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Adolfo Vieira. I mean, we're talking about someone who has a long list of accolades when it comes to Jiu-Jitsu. That's why uh, Joe Rogan was going crazy. You know, Joe loves, you know, he knows Jiu-Jitsu, he loves Jiu-Jitsu, and that's why he was going crazy, because this dude is a high-level Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, but he just gassed. And see what I'm saying? With Jiu-Jitsu, another problem, first of all, with grappling, period. Whether it's wrestling, um, Judo, not so much, but um, wrestling, Jiu-Jitsu in particular. You know, there's other forms of um, grappling, not just those two. But it, it, it is taxing on the body and that's a perfect example i'm talking about um yeah like like dc said you got all that muscle you know it wears on you after a while and it does trust me um but yeah you 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 can't do it even for three rounds you know five round fight forget about it you know like, like mckenzie during thing that she's trying to take somebody down in a five round fight she's out of her mind it's not gonna happen okay yeah he my man gassed something fierce that's really why he lost, because he gassed something fierce and didn't know anything to do. So if he had striking together, I mean, you know, man, get knocked out. Don't lose. <laughs> Don't lose to a brown belt, bro. But uh, yeah, two, two, and one. Uh, Hernandez is in his last five since his KO victory over uh, Jordan Wright, which was overturned to a no contest because Mr. Hernandez can't stay off the weed. Test positive for marijuana, for the Mary Jane. And, of course, Josh Frim, Bellator, LFA, FAC, and now UFC. A lot of LFA alumni here. 28 years old, out of Collinsville, PA. 6'4", 76.5 inch reach. A two-fight win streak after losing to Gregory Rodriguez at LFA 108 for the middleweight title. Team Factory X four and one this last five eight and eight and two as an amateur nine and two as a pro so a lot of experience there. I'm going with Hernandez. However, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually got pieced up. That height reach, you know, I always incorporate me personally. I always incorporate height and reach, um, height along with the reach, not just the reach. And I think that might give Mr. Hernandez some problems here. All right, so the young man who apparently seems to be irritating everyone nowadays. <laughs> man, Ian Gary. I mean, listen, <clears throat> what you can't do is, I understand, you know, to say trash talking and then bring up Connor and Jell Sonnen, yeah, that's pretty much going to get your MMA canceled real fast. So <laughs> I don't, I don't. You know, listen to him talk. I don't pay anything, pay him any money. But I definitely understand the malice. Ian Gary, of course, former Cage Warriors welterweight champion, 24 years old, six foot three, 74 inch reach. He's going, you know, substantial height. Well, it's only like, a, well, it's a two inch difference in reach. But yeah, like I said, I incorporate height and reach and. Six foot three versus five foot eleven, Darion Weeks. But Darion Weeks is no joke with his hands. People fought Tony Woods in boxing, fifteen and three. Darion Weeks did. Um, he seems to take breaks in between his MMA to go back to boxing. But Ian Gary, out of of course Sanford MMA, obviously, debut UFC de his UFC debut was at UFC two sixty eight eight fight win streak for this young man right here. Yeah. 
and Ian Gary is currently sitting at a minus 365 uh it's minus 365 favorite Darion Weeks is a plus 250 out of KFC Fighting Alliance and LFA like I said it's a lot of LFA alumni on this um, card here head coach is Robert Hulett team Hulett house uh, 100% finishing rate um yeah, this will be, uh, again, the suspect picks. You know, I got to take a chance on the underdog. Always got to take a chance on the underdog. I'm going to take a chance on the underdog, and I'm going to go with Darion Weeks here. I mean, you know, I don't see Ian shooting for takedowns. He may, he may, he may. But, yeah, I can see him getting pieced up, even with the height and reach advantage. And then starting off the main card, as far as I know, it's going to be Mark Madsen versus Vince Pichel. From hell, Pichel. 39 years old. Got the, I mean, you know, not, not old timers, but you know, kind of up there. 37 years old versus 39 years old. For Pichel, Team Factory X, Black Belt and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu 8. So remember that. Remember that. Eight finishes via strikes, six by decision, three fight, one streak, seven and one since losing on the ultimate fighter. He is currently sitting at a minus 125. Mark O. Madsen is coming in as the underdog in this matchup here. 2016, Mark O. Madsen, formerly of Cage Warriors Academy, Denmark. Now the UFC 2016 Summer Olympic Games silver medalist, five-time world champion, Roman Greco. Okay, Team Fight Ready. And Team Fight Ready has been very busy trying to get the Korean Zombie together. I mean, Henry, you know, the team over there seems pretty good, you know. And, and Henry is, is uh, listen, would I cuss him out with that whole cringe character thing? Absolutely. But would I listen to everything he has to say about wrestling? Abs you damn right. I would sit and listen to Henry Cejudo all day long when it comes to, you know, mixed martial arts. You know, and of course, I mean, he's Olympian. Mark, 5 for 8, 72 inch reach, 3 finishes via strikes, 3 by submission, 5 wins by decision. Yeah, that black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu kind of bothers me. And it's going to be a lightweight competition right here. Yeah, man, I'm leaning toward the favorite like the betters are doing. Yeah, you know, keep it on. If it ends up standing on the feet, because it fire up enough submissions, you know. And again, it, it, I mean, Mark is in excellent condition. But yes, I'm going to go with Vince Pichel in that one right there. Okay, so I, and I discussed the ladies also in straw. See, strawweights, the highest division people. Already, already discussed the ladies who are in the main event now. Let's get to the top three fights right here. That's what everyone came to listen to this podcast for. All right. Bors versus Gilbert Burns. Six foot two, Boris is. And we saw the height and reach. Yeah, well, reach is for Boris. <laughs> yeah, I love that name. <laughs> love that name 75 inch reach for Boris okay of course out of Russia 
Pro Star International Ring Fight Arena 14, May 26, 2018. K All Stars Training Center, 100% finishing rate. Okay, three time gold medal, gold medalist, Swedish national champion, freestyle wrestling for us is. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I can, you know, uh, he's 12 and 0. I think in wrestling tournaments, that's what makes it worse. Because a lot of these wrestlers, just because they have a wrestling background, like Kobe Covington and a lot of other ones, just because they have a wrestling background don't mean they won every single wrestling match. If you look at T.J. Dillashaw's wrestling <laughs> resume, I mean, yeah. Well, record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A 75-inch reach. Sorry, 75 reach. But Boris, as far as I know, is only a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he's going up against a world champion. But I expect him to keep it on the feet. Of course, Gilbert Burns, Collision Extreme Fights, face-to-face -face MMA, and now Dorinho is in the UFC. IBJJF, Gi and No Gi world champion, ADC world Bronze medalist, I mean, third degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu out of Sanford MMA. 71 inch reach, only 5 foot 10. I think he's only like 5 foot 9, honestly. Third degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under Rafael Fofito, Fofitio Barrios. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two and uh, yeah, six finishes via strikes, eight by submission, coming off that loss to, well, coming off that victory over Stephen Thompson at UFC 264 last July. He's 4-1 in his last five. UFC debut was July 26, 2014. UFC on Fox, Lawler versus Matt Brown, people. Now, I don't know, what the, now I know the numbers have changed right now, Burns is just sitting at a plus 385. Hamza is, I think it's Hamza. I, I got to think you got to put the uh, emphasis on the first two letters when you pronounce his name. Minus uh, 550 favorite. So the numbers aren't the craziest that we've seen. But yeah, and then we, we, UFC, there's a propensity to have the higher ranked fighter as the underdog. We saw that with Stipe versus Ngana, where oh, he wasn't necessarily out of rank. At the yeah, he was a champ. He was a champ. What am I talking about? He's a champion, and he was the underdog, and he got killed. <laughs> so a lot of people saying, like, disrespect, like, mostly for the Korean zombie, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I expected to stay on the feet, and I'm rooting for Burns, but yeah, I expect Burns to get pieced up. I expect it not to go to the ground. I expect Boris to have respect for Burns. I expect that maybe in one one round he may smother Burns a little bit. Burns scares the hell out of him with his submission attempts. But of course Burns and that cardio. Even for a three round fight. Yeah, Burns and that cardio. So yeah, I could see him being embarrassed on the ground in the third round for sure. But yeah, I think Boris is going to win. Got the favorite again. Of course, co-main event of the evening at Bantamweight. Now, for Jan, the Czech pronunciation is Petr. Uh, but he's from Russia, so I guess it's different. He's from Kres Kresno Yarsk, Krasnoyarsk, 
Korea, Russia. So I don't know, maybe it's pronounced differently, but as far as I know, it's Petra. Uh, as far as I know. Um, so, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I guess that's, you know. But Mr. Yan, y'all know who he is. Former ACB Bantamweight champion. And of course, UFC Bantamweight champ, former Bantamweight champion, now interim champion. Hopefully, he's not dumb enough to do the same thing he did last time, but it seems like he still hasn't really understood to calm down this dude. I don't understand getting hype. I don't. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, is that personal issue or whatever? Man, take it outside. Like, to me, I just wish I want fighters to conduct them. Because you get all hype and everything like that, and then you end up doing the same dumb thing all over again. What he did was stupid. Absolutely. Get your English together, man. Mark, listen. Mark screamed out, downed, downed opponent. Okay, when Aljamain's hands were on, his one hand is on the mat. He and his knees. That First of all, if your hand's on the mat, the ref can stop it. Even if you're standing, the ref can stop it. That was the big deal between uh, Moose when he went up against uh, Chris Weedman. The whole issue of one hand being down. Watch that fight again. It wasn't a great fight, but yeah. One hand being down. That's the whole issue. It was. He was a down opponent. This idiot just went on and need him anyway. It's like, man, get it together. Get the, I don't want to hear all that. To me, you, you get refs in there who can speak the language. But right now, as it stands, man, get get it together. Straight up. Uh, coming off that victory over Corey Sanhagen, team uh, out of American top team, Jan is seven finishes via strikes, one by submission. Al Jermaine Sterling, former ROC Bantamweight champion, former Cage Fury Bantamweight uh, champion, of course, the current U, um, Bantamweight, UFC Bantamweight champion, 32 years old. Height reach virtually identical. NCA Division II All-American Black Belt Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Matt Sarah. Six-fight win streak. To be that young and be a black belt, well, 32 is not overly young, but that's impressive. An impressive feat. And Matt Sarah, look, I don't care what anybody says about him. He's an excellent grappler and an excellent grappling teacher. Two finishes via strikes. Eight wins by submission. Nine wins by decision. Now, if anyone can score an upset, it is Aljamain Sterling, who is currently sitting at a plus 330 underdog. Jan is a minus 430. I can see Aljamain. Again, I still got Jan. I still got Jan. You know what I mean? But if anyone can score an underdog, it's between him and the Korean zombie. I think those are, well, Boar, I would say um, Burns. I can see Boars get getting exposed because sometimes height and reach, sometimes it can work against you. You know, going up against a shorter opponent that can get under the reach, get in there, and we know Burns likes to bang. If he goes to the body versus someone who cuts a lot of weight, which uh, Boris does. He's really a middleweight, not a welterweight. But I can see Burns getting under reach, getting those body shots in, get that roundhouse, that, that hook shot that he does, and put Boris out. Uh, out. And Kranzam, of course, with that wealth of experience now being... Uh, like I said, teaming up with Henry. We'll see. We'll see. I just think that the zombie should have got his striking together, not his wrestling. To me, his grappling was always... I mean, he's a scary grappler already. Ranked at number four. Uh, former Korean FC tournament winner. 35 years old. <laughs> now, I have him at five foot nine, not five foot seven. So, I don't... <laughs> 
but this is also why I do my own notes. I try to do my own research, my own notes, and not go crazy, not go by uh, Google and, and Wiki and all that kind of stuff. Try try to get those interviews in, try to ask questions. That's why, man. But yeah, I got them at five foot nine, not five foot seven. Uh, but remember, this is this is UFC doing this. But they did that with Anderson Silva. He was five foot eleven for years. <laughs> so currently, uh, the zombie is at a plus five hundred. With Volk being a minus 800 favorite. So, yeah, not, neither Aljo, current champ. Uh, uh, now, I, I can't remember a champ, honestly. The champion being that much of an underdog. But, like I said, Stipe was an underdog. You know, it was at least a plus two something. I think he's in a plus 200 range. So, it has happened before. Where the underdog, where there's a champion who's an underdog versus a challenger who's the favorite. And, but the zombie, you know, to me, is a disrespectful. I mean, the zombie has a lot of flaws. He has a flawed game. I love him to death, but that... And then teaming up with Henry, I don't know if wrestling is the key here, but I think it's to stop the wrestling. Because people have to understand what Volk did when he beat Max is he level changed. Again, I don't think Volk will do it. One, Korean zombie, I mean, he's the man who... He's the first winner via Twister in the UFC. And he's done it more than once. It's not someone you'd be dumb enough to go to the ground and rustle my ass. <laughs> okay, that's not somebody you go to the ground with. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I don't get it. And I think he's a black belt now, zombie in jujitsu and judo. That's not somebody who you mess with. And, and I think that Volk could just outpoint him on the feet. So I just think it'd be remain on the feet like he was trying to do versus Ortega. And I think after Ortega scare. He almost got subbed by Ortega. I don't think he's going to be going to the ground against nobody with any kind of grappling anytime soon. Especially a season to both both Ortega and Zombie. That's the one thing they have in common is they're both seasoned grapplers. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to go to the ground against this dude. Six finishes via strikes, eight by submission. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody. Come on, man. Eight performance bonuses in the in Eight performance bonuses for the Zombie out of ten UFC fights. Yeah, no. Nah, that's not someone who mess with. You just outpoint him. Keep on the feet the way that ER did and go from there. Now, Volkanowski, I mean, he's been in a lot of places. Former Walon Gong Wars, lightweight champion. Former Rush Ambo MMA, lightweight, welterweight, lightweight and welterweight champion. Former Pacific Extreme Combat featherweight champion. Five foot six, former Cage Conquest welterweight champion, former Australian fighting champion, 20 fight win streak, 20, 11 finishes via strikes, three by submission, nine wins by decision. As I said, I got Volk winning decisively um, by decision for sure. And, yeah, I think Aljamain Sterling might actually get finished, and I think Boris will get finished. So there's your parlays for the main suspect picks, people. So along with the, uh, just real quick, along with the Marcin Tabora fight, because remember that, versus um, Rosenstrike was just canceled at weigh-ins. Uh, Tabora got sick. Also canceled, Pat Sabatini versus Galvin Tucker. Irene Aldana was supposed to face off against Aspen Ladd. She apparently is injured. Kevin Gaslin was supposed to face Nasruddin Amabov. And then he was supposed to face off against uh, Dreykus Du Placius. Placius was also supposed to face off against Anthony Hernandez. 
Um, but they just went on and rebooked him. Like I said, um, Olenek was supposed to face Latifi. And Hernandez was supposed to face off against Albert Durev. So, I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> and Plesis was also supposed to face off against Chris Curtis. That would have been a good fight. So, hopefully, they, that's the fight that's being recent. Um, now, Curtis had to withdraw. But hopefully, somewhere around, they get to fight each other. That would be a fun fight. So, yeah, there you have it. Yep, just recaps. I want to just keep it real short to the point. Um, Cage Warriors, man. Like I said, it was insane. Keep your eyes on Lanier Cavanaugh. Remember the name Lanier Cavanaugh, okay? Uh, Cage Warriors 135. I mean, we had the main and co-main ended in rear naked choke, guillotine choke for the main. Uh, congrats to Justin Burleson. Uh, and Matthew Broner, but only two decisions prior to that fight, other than a no contest, we're talking about, yeah, seven, seven finishes via strikes, I mean, it's definitely, me. like I said, UFC London is up there, but yet Cage Warriors 135 is right next to, next, right next to them, of course, one championship, one X up there as well. Yeah, man. Good, good stuff, man. And Christian Leroy Duncan. Flying knees, baby. <laughs> he is the Cage Warriors middleweight champion. And yeah, even with this one, I mean, Aaron Albee, submission, rear naked choke, Adam Collin, KO, Reese McEwen, our, um, Rear naked choke, you had Luke Riley, you know, demolishing Jake uh, Eglin. Mick Stanton finished his fight. Aleski, uh, Mike Tyne Kivi finished his fight. Lam Maloy finished his fight. Manny Akpan moves to 4 1, finished his fight. Spinner wheel kick. Um, Dylan Hazan retired. Uh, apparently, 8 no. Well, no, no, no. I think Ray, uh, no, was it Ray? Who, was it Bruno who retired? I can't remember. But, um, Jan finished his fight. Chesson Blair finished his fight. Michael, uh, Chamoon. Chet Chamoon. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. But he finished his fight. So, I mean, yeah, man, 185, uh, the Blair fight over Ricky Moore, that was at 175. Uh, then we had, um, the, f yeah, so some of, some of them, you know, again, the problem for fighters have to understand, I mean, they needed one, because it's 165, Alexei had fought, um, G. Anderson Castro, 165, so, I mean, you should have these weight here so there's a problem with the fight you know a lot of good finishes but a lot of weight misses here and a lot of basically catch weight fights on this car so that's the only issue there because it's like you're not going to get signed by the ufc if you're not making weight you know they make some you know dana always bends his own breaks his own rules but yeah you gotta you gotta get that that fighters gotta get that that's your job you actually only have one job pick the weight division you want to be in and make the weight it is that simple if you can finish fights, great. If you can 
nobody wants to see a de decision fighter, you know, just constant decisions like Caitlyn Chugagan. But make the weight. Make the goddamn weight. <laughs> like, like, even with Carlos Parza, sure, finishing Jan, that, that really made a statement. And to me, helped the argument for her to win, fight Rose. But come on, with that win streak, even though it was a little iffy, you know, with the decision victories, to me, she lost to Alexa Grasso. You know, and to me, I could see it going the way of Marina Rodriguez in her fight. But still, I think she still would have got a type shot, even with the decision victories. So, it's, there's no excuse. Make the weight. What's the main thing? It's not just her victories. It's not just the win streaks. It's she makes weight consistently. It's that simple. But they should have a 165 division. It's like 165, 175. There's no reason why you can't have those divisions. So I think they just, at a certain point, all these, especially MMA promotions like these. I don't know what UFC is doing, but Cage Warriors, promotion, they, they can do it. I think they should. But of course, until the UFC does it, it's not real enticing, you know, but they need a 160, 165 division for sure. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, check me out on Instagram. That's MMA.by.Milliken. Check me out on Twitter. If you do have Blogspot, you can check me out there. And check out the leg show. L-E-G-S-S-H-O-W. Check out the leg show on Instagram and Twitter. This leg show on Instagram. You gotta check it out. Beautiful women daily, fighters daily, athletes, you name it, daily. You gotta check me out there. Hope everybody stays safe, stay strong, and stay positive. <laughs>